I reckon this is like one of the ones where I watched the movie. I started reading the book. I watched the movie halfway through. I finished halfway through the book. Uh, the movie is very long and it's like, wow, you know, I wonder, I like, I guess there's, there's Stanley, not as much content Stanley in the book Kubrick. and and Stanley Kubrick just had to, yeah, just had to go like, bonk, he just went basically, he just went bonkers and filled out all the empty space with like 10 minute panning shots of the fucking deep space. But the book, he put milk, I think he put milk in something and then just filmed it. That's what it looked no, like. No, he put something in milk. I, I look, he was dropping, apparently. He went to the Kids' Choice Awards <laughs> and filmed the goo close up. What do you reckon the what do you reckon the uh, fucking the awards would have looked like in 1968? The kids' choice. Awards? It would have looked like the that bit in the space Odyssey where he goes to the wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> Except it would be Jimmy, the great Jimmy Durante, getting slimed. Did they have child stars back then? Whatever. All right, welcome to the books. Better <laughs> the show that reads the sometimes prophetic and sometimes not at all source material, so that you don't have to. I'm Hosni. And his name is not Hosni. Don't listen to him. He's Hosni. <laughs> Mark Hosni. No, Dave Hosni. Oh, Dave Hosni. My name is Dave Hosni. Here, here, please open the door. <laughs> you, you didn't introduce yourself. I'm Orlando. All right. So, yeah. And today we're discussing 2001, a space odyssey dun, 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 in russia dun, what <laughs> i know massive twist and today is a very special episode folks because for the first time ever we're recording in person not uh from the two furthest points of the country yep so so get ready for the best episode yet yeah we've got a pretty um Pretty epic setup right now. We're sitting yeah. on the floor. And for some reason, with the relative ease of being able to record in person, we are still somehow recording on the day that it's going to be released. <laughs> yep. And editing on the day and then, yeah. And then Halsney on the day. No more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> no more Halsney. <laughs> Dan, would you care to explain the Hosney joke to, to everyone else? Okay, sure. Or someone, to, to me as well. Someone just said Hosni. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now it's good, I guess. And yeah, now it's and funny. Now it's a funny. <laughs> Hosni. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a Russian name, but for some reason, Dave Hosni is if Dave from Space Odyssey was Russian. Yeah. That's just how it is. And then it, though, I think it would sound a little something like this. You've done... Yell, yell, please open port bay door, please yell. And what would Hal say in return? He would say, uh, Niet, Dave, Niet. Niet! Niet, Dave, Niet, go away. My favorite is, why doesn't he just control the pot and then just shoot Dave into space? Or when he's mm. no, because they can switch off how's um, in the movie. There's a scene where they switch oh, off at least the, off the cameras, automatic control. Yeah, and they switch off like how can't listen to them. So I assume they can like they switch can off how controlling the switch pod. off whatever they want. Yeah, man, that part of the movie where how freaks out is so good. Yeah, that is it holds probably up. the best part of the whole movie because the tension. Is epic when yeah. they're just sitting there wondering if Hal's gone psycho. Yeah, yeah. And then the moment where he's like, 
Where'd you get that crazy idea? Where the hell did you get that idea from, Hal? It's pretty cool. It's like the scene as well. They have the where um, he has to like shoot himself into the like emergency airlock. Yeah, it's, and it's epic. All, like silent. You know, yeah, that's cool. That is uh, that is pretty awesome. I think the main thing. Uh, Hal's just, just pleading with him. Yeah, Dave. Dave, stop. I'm dying. Stop. You're killing me, Dave. Yeah. And he turns into a baby. <laughs> Don't kill me. He's killing me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, that's two counts of turning to a baby in that movie. Yeah, true. He's on a bicycle. And then he goes, Daisy's. Uh, Dr. Langley. <laughs> Dr. Langley. Yeah, well. Um, yeah, okay, so that bit of the movie is better. The first and last third of the movie is probably worthless. Thoughts? <laughs> It, the, the start, I mean, obviously it's revolutionary the middle, at the, the middle, time. The middle is good. Yeah. The middle is the best. The start's the, start, the second mm. best. The end is fine. Yeah. So for anyone who's only seen the movie, which I assume is anyone, because this is not... Because one, the book we realized was written concurrently with the movie by the same guy who helped Kubrick... Sorry, well, he, Kubrick. He was a credited the, writer of the movie. Yeah, yeah. He helped Kubrick with the screenplay. <laughs> and, <Kubrick>. and apparently... <laughs> yeah, Halsey. Yeah. And apparently <laughs> also was writing the book at the same time. So I don't know that the book... The book probably never had any fame independent from the movie at all. Um, and yeah. that's strange because... I don't know how you could only see the movie and know, have a single clue what is going on, especially, especially in the, the last end. third. Yeah. Because it's just nonsense. But in the book, it really explains it. He's like, Dave thought that he must, like, it, it tells about how he goes up, to, he finds the second monolith and he goes up to it and it opens up and he flies through. And it's a wormhole. Dave thinks he must be going through a wormhole. Now he's flying and he passes all these alien ships where it's like, Dave thought they must be alien ships, but in the movie it's just like some Tron-ass looking yeah. triangles. <laughs> and it's like, I guess, I don't know. People probably just thought that Dave's tripping balls. Yeah. And it doesn't even explain that like he has to continue the mission. In the book it's like it talks about how he goes on for months by himself and he listens to Shakespeare and stuff. Yeah, it kind of skips through a lot of that. And I think like in the movie it's much more like the ending is much more over like philosophical and less Dan's just lying on the ground now much more philosophical and less practical in the book it literally says that he's like <laughs> he it, yeah it, it says yeah, exactly what he he's goes stir and what crazy and then he goes um we have to hear about literally their schedule on the ship for the entire 24 hour cycle oh boy the book uh certainly drags on but if you want to understand the movie, you have to read the book. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just, I guess, Dave is a giant baby. He's an old, okay, he's an old man uh, and he's an old, uh, oh, yep, okay, on. and now he's a baby. Now he's big baby. Now he's big baby. He was a small old man. <laughs> now he's big baby. Now he's big baby. So for anyone who doesn't know what that means, basically to sum it up, he, uh, an alien basically seeded intelligence on the planet. That's what was happening with the monkeys at the beginning. They basically tricked the monkeys into becoming smarter. And now I have to listen to Ben Shapiro. No, um, basically, (laughs) (laughs) 
then they set a thing so that if the monkeys get off the planet and they'll unearth the monolisk and then sun will hit it and it will send out a signal and they'll follow the signal, I guess, is the plan. And then the, basically it, it it's a wormhole that something grabs Dave in the pod and brings him to some place in the Milky Way, thousands of light years away. And then it um, transforms him into the next step of evolution of intelligence. A big baby. Into like, yeah, what is essentially akin to a god and is a baby for some reason. I think it's because it's like a re, you know, like rebirth. Like yeah. It's the rebirth a of humanity. Yeah. And then in this new form, Dave is able to teleport back really quickly to Earth. But I think he I think what happens is he gets there just in time to prevent a nuclear war. I thought he detonated the Yeah, he does warheads. No, but I thought he detonated them like on the planet and like blew up the planet. No, I think he detonates them. It says, doesn't it say harmlessly? I don't know. It says like because he gets there and the nukes are flying. And he's like uses big baby powers. Yeah, he has big baby powers. What do you reckon uh, Dave would sound like if he could communicate in big baby form? Yeah, yeah, okay. stop, <laughs> stop, stop fighting, please. You know what else is cool in the? Well, I think the the like obvious thing is that the, the movie and the book came out a year before uh, Apollo. Everyone, 11. yeah, the humans landed on the moon. Oh wait, Apollo thirteen or eleven? I can't. Remember. Well, okay. What I did realize is that. When this movie, because the Apollo missions slowly took steps towards getting closer to landing on the moon. Yeah, so they were in space before. Yeah, well, the Apollo 10 would have flown, which did everything except actually touch down on the lunar surface. Yeah. Do they have images of Earth from space? That's what I was thinking, because Earth looks weird in this movie. It doesn't look like it actually looks from space. Yeah, I don't know. I think Well, I think the whole thing is that he's... They must not have, right? I think it was just a cool marble that Stanley Kubrick found in yeah. his pocket. He was <laughs> like, what if I hang up this marble? Oh, that looks kind of cool. One of the cool things is, though, is that nowadays with SpaceX and all these private uh, space exploration companies and the suits and the actual means of space travel in the movie are like quite similar because the suits they had when they landed on the moon were those big fucking like bulky like yeah and the suits they have in the movie are these like sleek epic like sleek uh yeah but they've got a bit of that like 50 sci-fi where it's how shiny yeah it's very like like a plasticky weird looking there are also some like shots in the movie there's a shot in the movie where they land well when they land on the moon and they're uh walking towards the monolith they they um yeah they're walking towards the monolith that scene is really cool that's cool with like the choir it's creepy, in the background yeah, the music is so and like, it just builds up yeah yeah so basically in all those old movies you know how most of the time they would have like stop touching the thing <laughs> You I'm, adjust, it. I'm adjusting it. You're messing with it. And he's, um, yeah, all the show from all those old movies, like a lot of like static, like cameras and camera angles, like cameras yeah. and tripods. There's a shot where they're walking towards a monolith where it's just some dude holding the camera and it's like. So There's lots like, of that. There was a bit of that him. on the ship as well. That has to be like the Dave. first time that was done, right? Just holding the camera? Yeah. 
I don't know. I, surely. I can't think of any. I haven't seen many movies I was going to say, have you seen than, any movies older no. than 1968? No. I've seen The Graduate and that's about it. But the, Yeah, I, I feel like there can't have been many. Because that one shot where they're walking towards it looks like it could be out of a movie that came out like in the last five a lot years. Of, yeah, a lot of the shots look like they, especially like spaceship interiors, look like they could legitimately be... Like the scene where he's exercising when you'd first meet Dave. I was watching with my oh, dad. Oh, when he's running around the yeah, um, and, thing. Yeah, and we were saying like this just looks like it could be in a movie today. Yeah. It looks so good still. Yeah. Except for the one detail of his uh, like shorts. Oh, he's really high like... Um, yeah, he yeah. just looks like he's from the 80s. Which is funny because, you know, that's still... Future, uh, yeah. seeing into the future. But not far What type enough. of shorts do you reckon they wore in the late 60s? Um, I don't think they wore shorts then. True. That would, they show too much knee. <laughs> That's not allowed, bro. <laughs> too much knee. So the the movie's been applauded and lauded for making a predictions that are very accurate of space travel. Um, and the, movie, uh, the, the book goes into more detail um, about all the technology and everything, even like with the toilet, how there's, there's like space toilet, like instructions for using the space toilet. Uh, but you can't really read the instructions on the movie in the book. You could, they just just explains the whole thing. It explains it. Um, and it's really interesting. It's pretty cool. Um, and, but it's funny. Uh, it makes some predictions that are interesting, uh, artifacts of the concerns of the time. Like in the, in the book, it says, Oh, like it's 1994 yeah. and the population has reached a staggeringly unfeasible 6 billion yeah. and now the US is like starving without food. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, oh. And also in the book, oh, what was the whole thing? When they find the monolith on the moon, they cover it up and it's some. they say it's some kind of like space plague or something and then they have yeah. suspicions that it was uh the chinese have have you know well, done something that's interesting that's maybe the most yeah accurate thing. thing yeah is that they predicted that by 2001 the cold war would be over and china would be the new enemy yeah. obviously the united states and russia aren't getting along super well at the moment yeah. but the the China versus America thing is interesting. Yeah. I guess they saw that coming. It is pretty pretty interesting. Uh, going back to the, like how you said, the inside the spaceships look really cool. Yeah, They the literally interiors. built the most insane sets for like the entire movie. And like those spaceships. ones. It would have been so ones, expensive. Yeah. Because they had them like rotating. And like when the flight attendant at the start of the movie is yeah, like she walks walking around. around as well. That's like a very famous thing. shot. I think. Yeah, and it's like spinning. There's some other cool. Yeah, because like, like I was watching that and I was like, the whole thing must just be rotating. Because how else would you do that? Yeah, which is insane. They had a camera like in a static position. Mm. Uh, when he's this is when he's doing the jog around the cylinder. They have a camera yeah. mounted to the to the middle part of it that isn't moving. And then right. the thing is rotating around it. So the camera's like static. And Could, well, because I was thinking because sometimes in a few of those shots where he's jogging. It's like shaking. It's shaky like someone's holding it. But then I think it's just in like one of the shots it's the smooth and I was like the camera must be on a track. But where the fuck would the track be? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, even there's a shot where the she like grabs the pen. It's another famous shot. Yeah. They have like fucking massive piece of glass 
with the pen like light, like the tiniest amount of glue like stuck to the glass and they just got a bunch of like bros holding the glass in front of the <laughs> camera and spinning it slightly so it looks like the pen's rotating and it's like a, they just changed the like focus of the that, thing yeah. and she gets... That's nuts. Yo, that scene off. looks so good. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's insane that they do it all without any effects yeah. uh, or computer-generated effects. From uh, different articles and things I've read, Stanley Kubrick was super perfectionist to the point where he was like he was, yeah, actually he was pretty crazy. Ab- abusive yeah. to his <laughs> like, cast and crew. Yeah. Yeah, but back to the book. So the book actually follows pretty closely to the movie, but it just explains everything a lot more. Yeah. Except the Hal bit is so much more exciting in the movie. Not, uh, not, ju- not just because it's brought to screen, but uh, because it's completely different how it plays out. I really like, I thought the movie one was way more exciting. Re- I thought the book was equally as good as the movie one. Really? But it's like, in the book, it's so like anticlimactic. I guess. It's just like, he kills him and then... Oh, well, I guess it's kind of exciting. So when in he's the, talking in, yeah. to Hal and he like doesn't in, in the book, um, he he the Hal kills the other guy Frank Frank the Poole. same way, and instead of trying to go and get him, he's just like no, nah, he's gone, and so he goes to revive the other dudes, and Hal like sort of tries to tell him not to. He's like. He's like, you don't need to revive them. We can just yeah. run the ship by yeah. ourselves. Yeah, just you and me, buddy. Yeah. And then that and then makes like, nah, Dave dog. think like, because the whole yeah, thing is Hal's that nuts. Hal's is supposed to abide by like certain protocol and all this and that. And the protocol was that if a crew member dies, they revive the next person in charge no yeah. matter what. So there's always two humans. And then. Oh, and he's asking Hal to give him manual control of the hibernation systems. And he yeah. keeps being like, Mm, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll do it yeah, yeah. yeah sure you're the boss Dave I think like uh, there is one cool part where Dave asks him a question I can't remember exactly what it is it's something about the hibernation and things it's a how it takes like five seconds oh, to yeah. answer which is like a million yeah, yeah. like for a human <laughs> equivalent. you know equivalent that would be like an absurd amount of time yeah and then so Dave just is the same. like no that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah that's it oh we're done but then he goes to revive the others and he like gets them out and starts the process and then suddenly it's like he hears a noise. Actually, it is kind of cool now. Yeah. It's like this bit is cool. It's like he hears a noise off in the distance of the ship and because he's like been spent so much time on the ship, he knows all the like little noises and what they mean and he's like, oh, uh, that was the airlock opening <laughs> and then suddenly the entire airlock of the ship is open. Yeah. And all the scientists die because they've just been exposed to a vacuum. Yeah. But Dave manages to get to like an emergency um, room. Yeah, just before he passes out, he like floods it with oxygen. And then he just goes and uh, pulls Hal's brain out like in the movie. Yeah. I think it's a cool concept where like they're on the ship and they have this computer running the ship. I'm surprised. I'm trying to think of another movie or book that's done it before where they like don't. It's cool I when they don't know. I think that was the first time like a robot went crazy. It's obviously now been like that one has been parodied to, to high hell. There's this, both the Simpsons and Futurama episode <laughs> that does the howl thing. What's a Futurama episode? Um, where Bender's like dating the Planet Express oh, ship, yeah, 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 yeah. and she has to like pop the cans in um in yeah. the certain way to deactivate her. Yeah, I remember that. 
And then there's, yeah, it's a later Simpsons episode, I think. So it's not a good one. But yeah, yeah that's like the quintessential robot goes crazy. Yeah. His, um, his voice in the movie is, is cool. Yeah. Because it's, really it's cool. just like some dude. Yeah. And like, and he's creepy because he's like emotionless. It's just, and it, it like, it does that really like zoom in on the like red circle yeah. when he's talking. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah. How open the pod bay yeah. doors. How? Open the pod bay doors. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Uh, it's it's weird because he kind of feigns having emotion or what in the book they talk about it more as well where they um he kind of rattles off some theories where I don't know what was it the psychologist said uh you know if someone can the Turing test. Yeah, 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 that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, so they well, said by all means how... that Hal would have passed the Turing test. No, no, it says that Hal has passed the Turing test yeah. for sure. Yeah. And apparently the point of the Turing test is that if you can pass it, then surely that counts as thinking, which I had never heard before, but that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, um, it basically says that, you know, Hal can beat the Turing test with ease. So he's my his his programming definitely constitutes thought. Um, but in the movie, they talk about whether he has emotions. In, in the in the book as well, they um well they I feel like they talk about how like more in the book than the movie. That's the, why that's at least the most interesting part. I think that's the part they go more, like most in depth with. Yeah, and in the book, it talks about uh, in detail why he went how went crazy as well. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, it sort of hints at it with the bit. I don't know. The movie's a bit confusing though because Hal says like you know, I noticed something weird about this mission. And in the book, he doesn't have that conversation. But instead, it's like, it just tells you at the beginning, it's like, oh, Hal knows, he, Hal, only Hal knows the true purpose of the mission and the frozen dudes. Yeah. But in the movie, that's like a twist after yeah. he deactivates him. They, um, um, but they, then, yeah, in the book, it explains why he goes crazy. Yeah. It's because of NASA or not NASA, but Earth telling him like to lie to the passengers and that just like fucks with him because it creates like a weird paradox in his yeah head. yeah between like having to tell the truth to them and being forced to lie yeah. and then i think it well but i think in the book his goal is to cut off communication with earth so that he removes that like yeah. conflicting because they were saying that the it was almost like his consciousness. It was like his conscience from Earth, yeah, like telling him what to do. So he was essentially trying he was to just trying to cut that. that off. But in the movie, it seems like he just cuts off contact so that he could murder everyone. Yeah, and it, they say in the book as well that when this is because the, the thing is, this is all like after all his crewmates die. Dave just has so much time to yeah. just think to himself. So Dave's just like spitting off theories about, you know, why Hal went crazy and what the mission's for. And he says that the the equivalent to a human dying for Hal is being shut off. Yeah. In the book, Earth tells them to yeah. shut Hal off. In, In the, the movie, movie, they speculate that they might have to. Yeah. And then that's when he's like, it's unthinkable. He freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I won't let you jeopardize this mission, Dave. In the movie, I think that is like the, the whole lip reading scene yeah that's really like cool. cool because it doesn't explain it to you like you're a moron yeah it just zooms in on the lips yeah well it does a little bit later when he's like you made so many precautions that i couldn't hear you but oh yeah i was does, able yeah it does later yeah yeah i think that's uh that's cool 
Which is weird that that movie feels the need to explain anything after That's the ending. That's true. After the end, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, another thing about the ending as well, you know the scene when he goes to the monolith in space and he yeah. does that whole like time But do you even see the second world. monolith in the movie? You, you see it drift, but he doesn't go up to it. He's, still, right. he's just like hanging out and then he starts like yeah. <laughs> he starts freaking <laughs> out. Yeah, oh my God. Uh, but the part in the movie, sorry, where the he's going through that like weird tunnel thing and the lights like going past. Yeah. I fucking went and looked at how, how they, they did, did that because there's no CGI. Yeah. So they basically just had film. They had like, sorry, they had um colored pictures and in front of the colored pictures they had a black sheet with a slit cut in the middle <laughs> and they had a camera and they were wheeled, they would wheel the camera towards the slit in the in the black sheet and they would move the picture behind it it was something like one frame of film in that i think it took like i don't want to say minutes i think like 30 seconds to do one frame that's, crazy. that's like a 10 minute sequence and they had to do it <laughs> twice because it's on either side of the fucking camera so that's like <laughs> months and months of just um, of work that. just for that and it's has those like creepy shots of like where it would cut to him for like one frame, yeah. just like, uh, like freaking <laughs> ass. <laughs> that was cool. But like the equivalent of that in the book is it describes in so much detail his trip. Like exactly the what happens. Yeah. yeah, like everything that he sees. And some of it you see in the movie, like it describes the stars like all clustered and then like spreading out. And that's the bit that like actually makes sense for like going through a wormhole or yeah. like traveling really fast through space. Well, everything like inverts when he comes out. Well, that's when he gets to, he basically gets to like a directory. of Anti-land. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's all white and the stars are black. But I think those aren't actually stars. I think those are other tunnels to oh, go through. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then it because he's like basically uh, on rails like at um, Autopia right at Disneyland. Yeah. It like puts him through one of them because the aliens want to take him to their home world or whatever. And then he goes past a big parking lot as well. Yeah. he There's a man. This is like also probably the last between quarter and a third of the book. It's so long. It's so long. And like long. you're just ready for it to be over because you know that not much is left. But it yeah. just keeps going. Yeah. And the last chapter, the chapters are very short. The last chapter in the book is literally half a page long and it's called like... Star Child. Star Child, yes. Star, the big star, star baby. baby. Yeah. Star da baby. <laughs> Do you reckon when da baby, baby said, pop stars do a leap with da baby? Do you reckon that's what he was talking about? Pop stars. Say it again. House. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw the movie before I finished the book. Mm. I saw the so you know what's going to happen at the very end. Well, at least you think you know what's going to happen. You're assuming it's similar up to that point because the rest of the book is pretty much Honestly, matched Honestly, after watching the movie, like I watched the movie after, so I don't know, but if I watched the movie first, I would have no idea what was going to happen in the book. No, but the end. All I know is that a baby is involved somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's pretty that- much what the last chapter in the book is, is Baby Dave. Mm. Well, okay, but it turns out I had a special edition of the book or something where he explains. Oh, yeah, you the were author me. explains a bit more afterwards yeah. because and it's a bit of a retrospective on it where he's like, "Well, I never thought I could write a sequel, but then I did." And then um, I think the retrospective is only from like the seventies though or the eighties, and he's like, "I don't think that two thousand one will be here by two thousand one, but all that stuff will be in the advanced stages of planning." 
Which is also very true because by, well, okay, it's not 2001 now, it's 20 years later. <laughs> but all that stuff is in the advanced stages of planning. What do you reckon from now? Moon, if, moon you were, if, we, if we were to predict the future, how long is that? Like they had 30 what, years, a moon base? 30, 35 years, 35 years from now, 30 to 40 years from now, where would we be technology-wise? Oh, I don't know. It's impossible to know. But this goes this goes back to um, the three-body problem, which is very similar in that it makes – it's very like grounded hard sci-fi that tries to make predictions about the progress of technology. Yeah. Three-body problem is another book series. Yeah, by a, a Chinese author. Yeah. Um, and it's very interesting. It's being turned into a Netflix series and – we're here at the books better. We're keeping an eye on that one, yeah. Um, because that's that's going to be really interesting. Um, all right, so let's sort of wrap this up. A bit. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Dan? Yeah, my final thoughts are that I actually think reading the book, as painful as it was, was very interesting. Oh, because we didn't even talk about the monkeys at the beginning. It just oh, there's okay. a lot there. We don't need to really get that much into it, but there's a lot more detail. The monkeys are like different characters. Like the main one's called. Oh, only one of them has a name, but he's called Moon Watcher. Yeah, because he's, he's yeah, cause he watches watch, the he moon. Them. If you if you could guess that, yeah, a bit of foreshadowing yeah. there as well. Um, and it talks about it. It really just goes into more detail about how the monolith is like teaching them to do different stuff. Yeah, and like giving them hormones as reward. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, there's another cool shot in the movie where the dude, the monkey's gone fucking crazy with the bone and he throws it. It's not so many like yeah. iconic shots. He throws it and it's spinning in the air. And as it comes back down, it tr- cuts to the like to the spaceship. spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty um, cool. Yeah. But the book just sort of explains exactly what's going on. And like, honestly, that part I thought was really interesting. It's all sort of interesting and then it just drags on a bit at the end. I would say if you read the book, the actual you enjoy the movie a lot more. Yeah, you understand, you understand it a lot what's more. going on. Because the movie, I feel like is the movie almost, can be enjoyable in its own right if you don't think about it's it too hard. It's just spectacle because the plot, there's especially at the end, there's no way to know the plot. Yeah, that's true. It's just pure spectacle. That's By true. the end, it is. And like the how thing is its own story, which is really cool. I think a lot of people, a lot of people have gotten a lot of like mileage out of theorizing what the end of the. I, I assume not too many yeah, people well, have like, read the book compared exactly. to the movie. If you hadn't read the book, you would just assume that the end is like a metaphor. Yeah, but it's actually quite like, quite literal. The, the book would suggest that it's not a metaphor at all. It's he just actually, actually does that. Yeah, it's just what's happening. But yeah, anything but yeah. else? No. Uh, I don't know. Should we, let's move on to our rating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is, I guess the rating's a little weird because it's concurrent, but we'll just do it as normal. Yeah, do it as normal. Uh, what would you give the, and also we're going to, um, I realized that we can do it like golf scores. We can do what? We can do it like golf scores. So, okay. but it's going to be reversed because you want to go up, not down. So basically <laughs> my score for the book, wait, what's, what's plus one, a bogey? I f- look, man, I have, I, you brought up this golf thing. Or is it bogey too? Just, just, just I know. drop the golf thing. <laughs> you know what? This book is a hole in one. Is it? No, I'll give it a plus one. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, wait, so, no, we need, no, it's, it's the movie to the book. How much did the movie improve from the book? You need to give them. Oh, yeah, rating. I went the wrong way. Yeah. Um,. So either plus or minus up to 10. The thing is, I think they complement themselves very well. 
So I think it all levels out because the hell bit's better, but the last bit's better. Yeah, it's a zero. It's a flat zero. You're calling it a zero? I'll give it which a... Which is a hole in one. No, I'll give par. It a par. Plus. It's a par. I'll give it a plus two for the movie. A, 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 an eagle. Enough. No, wait. You're, conf- you're confusing yeah. me with these. No, I'm confusing myself. No, but we have to reverse it because plus is better in, in yeah. our system. Anyway. So, so it is an eagle. No. <laughs> This is this is the okay. This is it's the rules. Two. No, this is the rules for the rating system. Yeah. We judge the movie on whether we think it improved on the book, it's better than the book, or it's worse than the book. So it goes from negative five to plus five. Obviously, in the negatives, it's it could be worse. more than five. No, but if we go bigger numbers, there's no point. There's no point into going bigger numbers. Well, you pick a seven over picking like a three. No, no, because in your mind, you're rating them both on a scale of 10. Are you? Difference. Yeah, but we're never going to say what the tad of 10 is because that's not the point. This whole rating, uh, this whole rating, uh, <laughs> rating shenanigans. Me. It's called the Hosni system. <laughs> the Hosni scale. The Hosni scale. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Hosni scale. Anyway. And it's just whatever we decide it to be. No, it's what it is. <laughs> it's the same. I'm giving it a zero. Plus two. Because it's it evens out and lands giving it a plus two. Yeah. Okay. The Hosni scale works again yet again. <laughs> it just takes a little while sometimes. Um what what might they tell us about the space? Oh wait, hold on. If you have suggestions for how to improve the Hosni scale. Please help us. <laughs> we desperately uh, need I'm not help. interested because it's perfect. <laughs> but um if you want to talk about, I don't know, Dave from Space Odyssey being a baby and what that meant to you. Who's your favorite? Version of Dave, baby Dave, kind of older <laughs> Dave, or old man Dave, or uh, normal Dave. I like normal Dave because he's epic. Yeah, when normal he, Dave is pretty cool. Hell. What about Frank Poole? Um, well, we only see one version of him. Yeah. What about Hal? I like Hal when he's um, good evening, Dr. Langley. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so if you had any of that stuff, you can send us a message on Instagram. At the books better show, and you can also see our um, goofy ass photoshops. Yeah, man, they take a lot of effort to think about. They take more effort to think about than to actually make. <laughs> usually, <laughs> yes. anyway, next week. Next week, uh, Queen's uh, Gambit. Yeah, we're doing the Queen's Gambit. Yep, I have to watch the whole TV series in less than a week because I'm a bit busy this week. So, it could be a good old binge session. <laughs> I don't know about that dog. I don't know about that Hosney. <laughs> Hosney right. bit is not going to become a recurring bit. Well, but we've named the scale Hosney oh, scale. F- you named the scale Hosney scale. No, I did. All right, well, did. that's all from us. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Au revoir. Yup, yup, yup.